Welcome back or welcome to It Is The Louis Bellina Show, presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. It's lunchtime. Lunchtime. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rudy's Barbecue. And right now, you give me about a rack of ribs and a pound of fatty, moist brisket. And, you know, I'll take some green chili stew and life would be good. Okay. And I'd take... Everyone always goes with banana pudding because that's what you think of when you think of barbecue. I like the chocolate pudding, man. I don't know what to tell you. We're joined now. Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman, joins us each Monday right about 12.05-ish. Ced, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm great. What's up, Lou? I'm hungry, if you couldn't tell, as I'm sitting here drooling over imaginary ribs and brisket that I don't have. But other than that, doing pretty fantastico, man. I was talking about this. And you're a sports fan as well as a journalist. You just know how to keep the two separate. But March, I think, might be the best month if you're a college sports fan. Because for me, in March, conference play starts baseball. Conference play, I'm a softball fan. I know most people aren't, but I am. Hardcore, matter of fact. But then March Madness, of course. And if you're going to have a team involved, you get bonus points for that. It's like every time you look up in March, something awesome is happening if you're a college sports fan. Oh, absolutely. And when you look at uh, how busy we get, it's a great busy because it seems like all the sports are converging on one another. And you even you can even throw spring football in there. There's even a little piece of football in there. And and for me, I, I um, yes, spring football. I, Thank you. Yeah. And I enjoy it and I, I enjoy it. I'm not a huge spring football guy, but it is good to talk football in the spring while while we're doing the uh, March Madness and college baseball, college softball, and uh, even track and field gets a little piece of that. So we even have a WTA tennis tournament going on in Austin this week. Sloan Stevens is in town. So uh, there's a lot going on. It's a great busy. It's fun. And uh, if if you're a sports fan, there's no end to what's going on now. Uh, nothing compares to the fall. We know that, Lou. Yeah. But, man, if we're looking for that little appetizer to get us a little bit closer to the summer, there's nothing like spring sports in America. I agree. The fall is its own animal. Like, I was trying to say, this. you know, first place is the month of November. In, you know, the month of November. You, you've got your rivalry weekend. You've got conference championships Saturday. You've got the final three weeks plus the conference championships of a college football season where, you know, final four spots are being murdered over. So November is the best month. I think March might be the second best month. And that just from the fan standpoint. I mean, I was excited when both seasons started, but conference play starts, March Madness, and this is a tournament both the Longhorns and the Aggies will be participating in, talking about March Madness. For the Longhorns, are you surprised at how well they've done after Chris Beard was uh, relieved of duties? Uh, Sort of, because you think about it, uh, they are old, and that's a good thing in, in college. All these teams... It used to be about getting the best freshmen and sophomores. Now it's getting about getting the best juniors and seniors, getting those program guys to go to go at that one or one or two that might, you know, if you're lucky, they might have some NBA aspirations. But uh, they they're a very mature group, and they're they're only uh, two or three that are homegrown, and so losing Chris Beard like they did. We were very fortunate to have Rodney Terry, who's a longtime Texas assistant, knows these Big 12 streets. 
uh, was a was a big time recruiter with Rick Barnes, kept getting Kevin Durant and getting DJ Augustine, uh, particularly uh, going in heavy on those three guys from Canada, uh, Tristan Thompson, Corey Joseph, uh, two of those three of the the third one uh, evades me right now, but so he's got skins in the game and. Uh, the transition was going to be tough. Uh, when's the last time you saw a coach fired in such a manner? But they, but they have really uh, showed themselves as a resilient bunch. Lou, up to this this uh, time, they still haven't lost two games in a row all season. So um, that lets wow. you know how resilient they've been all year. Consistent. And they've, been, they've been consistent, and they don't get it from one just one one guy. They get it from several areas. And Rodney Terry is a, uh, you know, he's a glass half full type. And I, th- I think that he was the, the perfect fit uh, if they were going to make this thing work. And it's worked out really well for them so far. If they play second week in NCAA tournament, do they take the interim title off them? That's a great question, man. I don't know. That's a great question. I asked one I, a month I, and I used you know, it on I, you. I really think that it's tough because – um, you get you put so much weight on the tournament itself, and and who knows who they're gonna, who you're gonna draw in the first two rounds, and everybody's good, Lou. Everybody can play at that point, and and so I would hope that Chris Del Conte will give give a lot of weight to what he has done in the regular season, keeping this thing on the tracks, and 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 being a top ten team, and and uh, and Sweet Sixteen. And yeah, and being in every game, and so if you get to get if he gets to the Sweet Sixteen, um, I, I I would I would hope they would put their full weight behind him. Now, if he gets to the Elite Eight, it's his job, I believe. Um, I I don't know that he's that Dale Conte is fully sold on Rodney, and um, you know they think that um, you know they think, they think that you know Beard Beard was their guy, and and they that was a we talked about it, Luke. That was a home run hire for them. And then he messed it up. And they had to do what they had to do. And so uh, the big question you have to ask if you're the administration is, can he continue to put these types of teams together? Is he going to be able to go into that transfer portal and, and get guys like Marcus Carr and Jabari Rice and people like that while also uh, recruiting good players as well uh, as freshmen. So that's the big question that they have to ask. As far as character, uh, that's not even an issue. Rodney Terry's a high character guy. But the question is, is this is this just a product of him having an experienced team that Chris Beard mostly put together? And how much of that is him being a really good coach? Uh, his past record at uh, UTEP and Fresno State, he never won an NCAA title game 10 years as a head coach. So uh, he's going to have to do his most damage to get this job in the next month. And I think Elite Eight, he has to get the job. Sweet 16, maybe he gets the job. Anything less than that, I'm sure they're going to look in other directions. Do you have a feel yet for what this team will be doing in the tournament? Because right now it's all about, you, like you said, everybody's graded, judged, and end of your year all graded on tournament play. They've got they've got a final weekend vibe about them, but that doesn't mean they're going to get there, Lou. 
I think they're a Sweet 16 team minimum. I think they're going to win two games in this tournament. Um, they, they're better than they were last year. Marcus Carr, uh, their lead guard, is much better than he was last year. And they're, they're getting it from other people as well. The bench is really good. The addition of Jabari Rice. If the college basketball had a six-man-of-the-year award, it would be Jabari Rice, hands down. Uh, he He's a six-man in name only. When they struggled um, on the Saturday against Baylor, two minutes in, he's in the game. So he might not be starting games, but he's finishing them. So they, they, they have a lot of talent, and they have good leadership. And I, I have a feeling that they are a Sweet 16 team minimum. Uh, I've got a dream, and I think it's a beautiful dream. But A and M Texas <laughs> Sweet 16 matchup because I don't want it to be on that second day. That's not enough time. I want a whole week to stew on it, sit on it, talk about it, think about it, dream about it. So Sweet 16, A and M Texas. I don't care the where part. And I don't really think it would be a first day one. I don't think the Aggies are going to be no. like a. They're not going to be a 13 seed. The Aggies going to be a, a a seven, an eight, maybe, maybe even a six. They keep winning. Texas is going to be a three um, at the minimum because they're going to finish. They're going to finish in the top two of the best conference. So that's got to count for something. So I would hope that they would they would meet in a second round game. That would be marvelous. The question is where. I wonder if it would be out of state. And wouldn't that be? It probably will be out of state, Lou, because I don't think either one of them is probably going to end up. Um, there is a Dallas regional, right? Is there a Dallas regional or Houston? Uh, Houston's the championship this year, Final Four, right? Houston's the Final Four, but is there a Dallas regional? I haven't looked. So um, it'll probably be out of state, but if it happens, Lou, um, I'm putting my I'm put I'm putting my request in with the boss. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to be, have a have a knockdown drag out with Kirk Bowles to get that gig because I really <laughs> want that one. Uh, that's one. Okay. Do you two start like offering each other trades and stuff? I'll take the you know you give me this and I'll give you that and that or you know you do oh, negotiate that way. Absolutely, especially during football season. Outstanding. Hey, Sid. How about we grab a quick timeout, come back. I actually want to talk to you about facilities. I'll explain why. Okay, you got it. Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman, joined us on the Smoothie King Hotline each and every Monday, 12.05 to right about 12.35. Smoothie King, every Friday, and I know it's only Monday, but I'm giving you a reason to live. I'm giving you something to dream of, something to look forward to. Every Friday at Smoothie King is free, upsized Friday, a small smoothie, Becomes a medium smoothie for free every Friday at Smoothie King. I've been stuffed in your pocket. It is the Louis Bellina Show, and every Monday we're lucky enough, and I mean lucky enough, to get to hang out with a media legend, Hall of Famer in the Louis Bellina book, talking about Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman. Cedric, I mean, there's no definitive answer to this, and like, I don't even know if you've pondered this before, but where do you think? The University of Texas kind of ranks. Where do you think they are, nationally speaking, from a facility standpoint? Uh, facilities matter. I think it's one of the few things we've actually found out matters as far as recruiting and just prestige and just how things work in college athletics. Oh, they were six years ago. They were far behind, Lou. I mean, I, I, I Kirk and I went to A and M uh, and went to spring football. 
availability and uh, just the facilities there just kind of blew away Texas's. Baylor's were were better than Texas's, but over these last few years, starting with Tom Herman, uh, Tom Herman's uh, tenure, he redid the entire weight room. He redid the entire locker room, uh, spending a million dollars just on lockers, and um, and uh, they've got the new. Um, you know, they're out there. They've still got the indoor facility that they're going to upgrade. They've, they've added to the stadium. The stadium is, is, is one of the top ones now, uh, in the country. They have, uh, the bat, the basketball facilities have been upgraded. The Moody center is, I, uh, I, I can't wait to see you at the Moody center. You will love it. Uh, it, it is a great basketball facility and they've got the practice facilities have been top notch for hoops kevin durant donated three million dollars to that end and so um and the and the track stadium is 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 one of the finest in the country they they did they're doing i think the ncaa championships are coming here either this year or next year so um new tennis facilities so yeah, te- Texas. Uh, you know, they they've spent a lot of money over these last five years to get back to where they had been falling behind. So yeah, they're they're definitely a top ten in facilities. I saw a ranking, and again, you always have to take it for what it's worth. It was a two four seven that put it together, and they did the top twenty five most lavish facilities. Which so that's your facility rankings, and they had the University of Texas at eight. You said top ten, so that obviously fits into just your kind of general mindset. Yeah, yeah, that's about where they are, and they're, and and they're continuing to to spend more money on the facilities. And um, I can't remember who it was, but an administrator told me this, and I and I took it to heart many years ago. Seventeen year old boys like shiny new things, and. <laughs> Truth. They like new lockers. They like they like video game consoles in their lockers, and they like all that good. They like that stuff. And uh, the the players' lounge is ridiculous. It's got everything. They've got an arcade in there. I mean, it's 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 anything that a that a someone that's eighteen that's one that want to play college football. You come on a visit there, and it's going to be hard to say no. So um, I do know this, Lou. I um. I've got a good friend I play, that I play cards with. His daughter is a cheerleader, and she's going to the University of Oregon. Oh, my Lord, Lou. They they got everything. And I'd love to know where they rank Oregon on that list. I bet the Oregon Ducks are higher than eight. Well, the Texas Longhorns, just to share a little like tidbit, and you've kind of hit at it, it, they're still right now, as you know, working on finishing this massive uh, renovation expansion that they were doing. What the indoor facility is not quite done yet, but will be. Mm-hmm. They're going to re- yeah. They've got the bubble. They've had the bubble for many years, but I, I believe that they're gonna they're gonna redo that that indoor practice facility because that's as supposed to be the final the step. Work, from what I saw, as far as the workout facility, that is done, Lou, and it's top notch. Yeah, they've done that. I've taken a tour of it. The total of all of this that started and it's about four year long, 750 mil, and it is the mm-hmm. largest expansion renovation in college football history at 750 mil. Yeah, and uh, and Baylor is is right in the middle of a 700 million dollar renovation, uh, starting with their bat with their new basketball facility, 
which will be ready in January. So a lot of these schools are using that money, that good TV money from football, and they're they're pumping it into other facilities. And because it's all about recruiting, and when it comes to those revenue-producing sports, Lou, that's that's the money right there. Hoops and football, not in that order. We know football is king. Football and hoops is driving the bus, and and if you have – uh, top-notch f- facilities in those two major revenue-producing sports, then then you got a chance to improve in other areas and get get the uh, prime athletes that are going to help you win championships. You mentioned Oregon; they are number one. And, and there you go. Let me break down some of Oregon because I've I've always just you know consensus because I read everything known who one two three is in order, and Oregon's been number one for ten years. Because 10 years ago is when they built the nest and when they built everything they have till today. They haven't even done anything really to it in 10 years. But 10 years ago, what they built was so far ahead of its time that time hasn't caught up to it. They were the first ones to have the self-cleansing locker rooms. They, uh, let's see, marble showers, Ferrari leather chairs. They have, uh, quote, the there's NFL player lounges that aren't as nice as Oregon's digs, fashioned with custom Italian rugs and mammoth TVs. They're currently, for the first time, by the way, they're currently doing a you know some upgrades, and they're about to finish a hundred and thirty thousand hundred thirty thousand square foot indoor pra- practice facility upgrade. It's it's nuts. They, they built something 10 years ago that's still the best, and they're about to move forward again. And when I tell you that my friend showed me the photos and the videos they took, uh, they've got they've got meditation rooms and massage rooms and, and water therapy and snack bars and dinner hall. They, Lou, it is it's ridiculous. And so and, you know, she is she grew up in Austin. <laughs> and and uh, Baylor was in on her. Oklahoma was in on her. And they took a trip to Oregon. And, Lou, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. And there's no way you can say no to what, to the facilities, to, to, the, to the wellness part of it. And that's a big deal, Lou. Wellness is huge. When I'm talking about wellness, I'm not just talking about getting a massage i'm um, talking about the mentality um, the mentals that that you know the, the the money that they spend on people to counsel you to help you get through homesickness and stuff like that or oregon is well ahead of the rest of the pack and the rest of the pack is trying to catch up but that nike money man that that nike money is going to keep oregon in first place probably for the rest of our lives for as long as phil knight's alive that's the truth right there. Texas A&M facilities, number two. There they're you go. No, they're number there one in go. the SEC. And let's see, just a couple of quick quotes. Let's see. $485 million bright football complex. It's spectacular. Wake Forest coach Dave Clawson once called Texas A&M facilities a five-star resort. Quote, pitchers don't do Texas A&M's locker room justice. With LED recess lighting throughout, it's almost like stepping into an immersive, futuristic playground. So A&M, two, number one in the SEC. I love it, man. And, and um, it's an insane amount of money that these schools are spending on these facilities. But guess what, Lou? They're bringing in an insane amount of money yep. on Saturday afternoons. 
when when there are eighty to a hundred thousand people paying upwards of a hundred to two hundred bucks for one ticket, that's money, man. That that is money in the cash register. And you know what? To be to be a boss, you got to beat the boss. And so for Texas and A and M and Oregon to be spending this exorbitant amounts of money on their facilities, uh, it's their money to spend. They're making this money, and so it's fun for the kids who are the the blue chippers who are able to to play at these prestigious universities and enjoy these facilities, and the quality of facility. Uh, hopefully leads to quality of play on the field and, and an enjoyable experience for us as sports fans. I'll share a little observation I had from this top 25 list, right? There's 14 teams in the SEC. 12 out of the 14 are ranked in the top 25. And, oh, yeah, future member Texas is right there at eight. To play with the big boys, you're gonna have to have the big toys, and you can't, you can't, you can't half step. Um, where's OU on that list? I don't think OU is. Let me do a, another because you got to remember, man, it's tough to get on this list. Twelve of the twenty-five are S. Okay, Oklahoma State is eighteen. I'm okay. Sorry, fourteen, fourteen, fourteen. So 14 years old, I mean, 14, 14 out of 25, the top 25, yeah. Yeah. that's not bad. That's not bad. And you know, these schools are going to continue to pour money into these, into these facilities because Lou, that's the only way to keep up in recruiting. And you can't tell me that a coach is not going to go in there and, and uh, tell a, a kid that's considering one school going, have you, have you seen their facilities against ours? You can't, you can't play there. They're, they're 10 years behind in facilities. You have to come visit us first, then make your decision. I guarantee you come to our school on an official visit, you're not going to be thinking about that other school because we're going to give you the number one grade A first class college athlete experience when it comes to facilities. This is where you want to be for the next three years until you turn pro. And that's what these kids want to hear. Well, isn't it simple if I'm recruiting against you? Don't I go, well, if that's how they treat their things, how are they going to treat you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And all's fair. All's fair. And uh, if they don't care enough, to they, they, haven't, they haven't updated their weight room in 12 years. Uh, what are they trying to tell you? Look at our weight room. Let, I'm going to send you a text. This is our weight room and this is theirs. You can't work out in that place and expect to get better. You got to come here. Here's the list of the top 25 facilities. Do you see that school on there? We're number two. We're number eight. This is where you should be. We have two full-time wellness specialists on staff, and they have zero. Cedric, have an amazing week. Thank you always. Real quick, why don't you tell us about the podcast? Throw a plug in, brother. I want people to hear more of you. On Second Thought drops on Thursday. Uh, our guest is TBA. We're efforting a, a highly, highly qualified college basketball national aficionado. Not gonna not gonna ruin it. John Ross. Uh, we've got people out. Uh, we got we got feelers out, but it drops on uh, Thursday morning. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. And it's called On Second Thought, Cedric Kirk. Every Thursday it comes out. Their guest list is phenomenal. I mean, 
I know. I look at a lot of sports podcasts. Trust me. Phenomenal. It's amazing. Cedric, be good. Talk to you next Monday, brother. Thank you. Later, bro. Peace. Cedric Golden on the Smoothie King Hotline. Love it, love it, love it. He's a part of the Louis Bellina Show. Family? family? Familia? This is the Louis Bellina Show. You know, all my guests, eh, Smoothie King Hotline. They live in Austin, New York, Nashville, and parts unknown. Me? I'm inside the Charles Schwab studio. Low cost, full service, and best of all, local. That's Schwab. That's Mark Simmon College Station. You can experience a modern approach to wealth management with Charles Schwab with Mark Sim of Charles Schwab. Look him up, Mark, right now online at schwab.com slash college station. The Louis Bellina Show, lunchtime. Thank you, Rudy's Barbecue. The Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Coming up, 30 minutes. Okay, it's really about 28 and a half minutes, but math is not my friend. Cedric Golden, Austin. Cedric Golden, we just talked to, dude. Mitch Light of The Athletic. We are going to talk about, well, we talk college football always, SEC so much more, college football across the country. We'll definitely talk about the Pac-12 ACC merger, talk about Florida State. Their AD telling their board how they can leave and even with the penalty of the buyout slash grant of rights, it'll be okay. And I think it was just 100% posturing. I, we'll explain. 105, Mitch Light of the Athletic on the Smoothie King Hotline. You can text me questions, comments, opinions. You can set up your questions for Mitch now at 979-693-1150. Hit send after you tap and he tap. You know, you got to tap and tap to get your message in, right? Then you hit send. And Monday through Friday, 11 to 2, all your text messages pop up inside the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. Maroon and White Notebook. If you were with me as I was visiting with Cedric Golden, we talked about facilities and rankings. 247 did a top 25. 12 of the 14 current SEC schools made the top 25. Both futures, Texas at 8 and OU at 14, made the top 25. So 14 of the 25 slots belong to current and future SEC schools. The facilities race within the league. I'm going to tell you, I think A&M, when they decided A&M did their renovation, I think a lot of SEC schools had to get off their butt talks and do something about it because they couldn't let the new kids show them up. I know Alabama has been chasing ever since. Alabama's number three in the 247 rankings. And they have done two rounds of upgrades since A&M. And, well, basically, they still have not passed them. What A&M did, and and I think some Aggies got, uh, I don't know if it's 51% majority, or but a, a lot of Aggies got is, the thing that AM never does when it came to facilities, you don't just get on par with everyone because you're the one that hasn't upgraded in 20, 30 years. And the others are going to upgrade before you do again and move way away from you again. So getting even doesn't do enough. AM sprinted past. AM tried to be Oregon. AM saw number one and said, How can we get past them? And 
according to 247, and really everyone I've ever seen any facility rankings, AM is two, Oregon is one, and Alabama's three. The, those top three are pretty much consistent. Taking a look at Alabama, before the start of the 2021 season, they fully updated their game day locker room. They renovated their recruiting space, doubled it in size. They, uh, Their four-corner video boards replaced them with 60% larger screens. Uh, they added new premium areas like loge boxes, Champions Club, Terrace Club, new sky boxes, founder suites. They did a student social area on ground level. They did uh, upgraded concessions and charging stations for phones. They relocated their press box to the east side. I don't understand how that's an upgrade. I guess that's definitely part of renovation. They added elevator stairs to their west side. Um, Expanded the concourse on the west upper deck. I mean, that was the last round. Still just a skosh behind A&M there. And again, Oregon is in the process of moving forward again. And if you want to know what made Oregon's upgrades 10 years ago so space-age advanced and to the point that they're still number one with minimal work since, A, technology. Phil Knight could afford things that nobody saw before. And B, pure luxury. I mentioned the marble showers, Ferrari leather chairs, Italian rugs. Yes. Oh, Oregon was one of the first, if not the first, to do the barbershop thing 10 years ago. I mean, things like that. But anyway, I just I find the whole thing interesting. Look, nowadays, coaches claim everything is the most important thing when it comes to football recruiting. And that's not true. That's not true. But facilities is 100% one of the things that's a factor And one of the things that makes a difference, I don't even think that's arguable or a conversation point. I think that's just a straight-up fact that facilities move the meter in recruiting. A lot of other things that, you know, allegedly do, no, they don't. Moving on, doing, moving on. Oh, SDS, Saturday Down South. They did the one intriguing storyline for each SEC team, a spring camp start to open. And they said Robert Patrick Petrino. Like doing an, a period, Robert period, Patrick period, Petrino period. I don't think he's an intriguing storyline for the spring. I don't think him and Jimbo are going to do machetes at 10 feet in the spring. This whole ego bashing that seems to be the, the inevitable conclusion to their story I don't think is a spring story I don't think it's an intriguing storyline I don't you know Petrino has to make Wigman his quarterback for his system and the spring will be invaluable but is that the most intriguing storyline it's always tough I, I, I guess I'll ask you What is the most intriguing spring camp storyline? What's the most intriguing? Well, I got to be careful. One intriguing storyline for each SEC team as spring camp start to open up does not equal the most intriguing. I guess it can be off-field. I guess that's a correct enough answer. I I just kind of think in spring camp storyline, the way it's phrased, I guess you could get away with saying Petrino. I don't think he's a spring camp storyline. 
I think pre this offseason for AM, he's the number one storyline without a doubt. I don't think there's a question. Do you? I don't think there's a second place as far as offseason storylines go. But spring camp, no. His job is simple. Wigman. Take, evolve him into a U quarterback, a Petrino quarterback, and then you got to unlock him. You don't have time to waste. You don't have the, well, just give it time kind of thing. I know kids only started four games. Ask yourself this question. Ask yourself kind of a simple question. The greats and the elites, how long did they take till you knew it? And as of right now, you can't tell me which way Wigman's going to go. You could say he had no turnovers, but you can also say, you know, how much did he do on his own because he had no offensive line. There, again, you can't say he's going to win the Heisman or he's elite yet. You know he's good. I know he's good. You know he's good. That's not an argument, is it? I don't think so. If you unlock Wigman and then you have Anias, Evan, and Moose as his targets, that's how something special happens in 2023. That's how you make up for three and four man fronts is by scoring more runs. More runs? What the? Scoring more. And yes, I still have my hand raised wondering about the starting O line. It's funny too. The offense could be the number one reason they win 10 games, and the offense can be the number one reason why they do not win 10 games. Uh, and the defense is just over on the side, doing its own thing, running in a circle. Man. Man. Also, one more thing I have to share from Saturday down south, because they do a couple of things on Monday I love. They do their first and 10. And they did biggest riser at the NFL Combine. And since the Combine didn't happen, it's a projection. And you know it's Antonio Johnson, right? They said big, athletic, smart player. One scout I spoke to, and this is why I'm sharing it, the one scout I spoke to comment. One scout I spoke to said he wouldn't be shocked to see Johnson picked in the 12 to 15 range. I think I'd be shocked if he's 12 to 15. And I'm splitting hairs, but I won't be shocked starting at pick like 20. If I saw him got picked at 12 and I saw one mock draft so far that actually had him like 12 or 13. But CBS Sports does a new mock every Monday and sometimes one more on Thursday, Friday, but every Monday. But they have like five or six NFL experts and some of their mock drafts are agenda-based. Like every third mock draft, has to be a shock, shock, a shock mock with 17 trades and, you know, discussion point based versus reality. So anyway, back to if I was trying to guess A&M biggest riser at the NFL combine, I think it could be A-Chan. If he runs his 4-2, I think he pulled himself a first round draft pick. That's simple. If he runs a 4-2, I think he's going first round. They're going to look at him size-wise, which, you know, I've heard some of that of like they're questioning his size, and I went, what? He ran through just as much as he ran past and around? You know, and again, size-wise, 
you could still put more on his frame and he wouldn't lose it. You know, I don't know what the correct measurement of speed is, but yeah. So I don't understand how that ends up being an A-chain kind of consider. I think he can be the biggest riser. And look, 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 to be clear, why not Antonio Johnson? Because I already think he's risen. I already think he's like a pick at 20 or he could be picked at 35, which is, you know, early second round. I don't know how far he can rise at the combine because I already think he's there. Where A-chain, he basically could be a third-round pick right now, and after the combine, he could be a first-round pick. So I'd go A-chain, and he's going to test. I believe he's going to test really well. Speaking of mocking a draft, latest I saw, oh, CBS. Antonio Johnson, number 45 overall to the Green Bay Packers. Only Aggie in the first two rounds. But Antonio, 45, early second. Not real early, but early second. Antonio Johnson, the Green Bay Packers. The entire universe has the Colts trading up to one to take Bryce Young. And it's even publicly... Only twice in NFL draft history, modern draft, has the number one overall pick been traded away pre-draft. But that's how inevitable this feels, is that like the Colts aren't going to wait to draft night. They're going to do it now kind of thing. I feel like <clears throat> this is a loot thing. Just calling it quit on the Texans. Because the Houston Texans, their franchise that has so much to be embarrassed, humiliated, and disgusted with themselves about. But in my world, there's no greater thing to be embarrassed, humiliated, or disgusted about than winning your last game of the year and losing out on Bryce Young. If it plays out, if it plays out that, oh, but they got C.J. Stroud, it's okay. No, it's not. And look, and I don't care what even goes on to happen. That would be just getting lucky. But from a mechanical, basically straight up, normal standpoint, if they get punked for Young sitting in the two-hole because they won their last game, I'm, I'm standing on the precipice of just calling it quits with anything Texans. Because that would be the lowest point of the franchise. And remember, Bill O'Brien was their general manager. I'll be right back. It is the Louis Bolina Show. Lunchtime, thanks to Rudy's Barbecue. Okay, text message makes me chuckle. There's a truth to it, but it, it's an, it's from Anonymous. It says, Bryce Young, 5'10", 190 pounds, behind that line, guaranteed to get hurt. He is talking about, of course, uh, the Houston Texans. But if you get him to the Texans now, and you do build around him, you don't start him immediately. Again, be patient. Don't even start him in the first year. You can definitely get him snaps and play him in the first year. And yes, you need to build around him. But, okay. You think you can go out and what? Go get the super mobile quarterback who won't take the damage? Any quarterback you get at two, let's say you go Stroud because Young goes to the Colts, is going to get hurt behind that offensive line. So what you said applies. Oh, no, the bigger quarterbacks don't get hurt as much. You know, one thing that's fascinating to me that I hope we all keep an eye on, because we're in an age where quarterbacks are mobile, slash runners, 
mobile, I think, applies more often than not, and we overuse running quarterback, but they're mobile. But they're taking hits now. And the NFL is trying to do everything it can to take away from damage to quarterbacks because the quarterback is the most valuable player on the field and owners invest so much money in them. So the owners are really just, just guarding their investment with all the rules around protecting the quarterback. But the thing is, 90% of the protection only applies what when they're in the pocket, right? Once they take off, they're kind of fair game. And the running quarterback, which is what the Texans' O-line currently would need, is going to get hurt. And take a look at a lot of the running quarterbacks and when they hit the wall, their shorter careers. And we got to see. Again, we, we have to see. Because that this is a very now thing as NFL offenses have adopted college principles, college ideas, and college-oriented offenses where the quarterbacks do move, do be mobile, and do be you know, just more aggressive as far as taking off goes and being a part of the offense that way. So, I just come back to the point of settling for Stroud because your team can't support the best quarterback in the draft in a long time in that one slot. You take Young, you slow him for a year, you don't even start him for a game, and you build as opposed to taking a Stroud who's not as good as him, so you're already settling. And then again, I say, he'll take the damage from having the worst O-line in the league on top of the damage from being a quarterback who is going to maybe be more mobile anyway. Those are my thoughts. 979-693-1150. You can light up the Texas Mobile and Lube Express inbox. Texas Mobile and Lube Express, where they say be good to your car. And your car, it'll be good to you. How does one be good to their car? Do you, do you take it to a concert? Do you take it to dinner? No, you take it to Texas Mobile One Lube Express. In our final hour, I'm going to give away a $50, maybe a couple, maybe three, $50 gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue, the home of the Big Chop. Also, in our final hour, Mitch Light of the Athletic. Oh, wow. I got rusty here. The Burson saying, Lou, I heard you and Cedric, text message, of course. Lou, I heard you and Cedric talking about facilities and how AM football is number two in the country. That's great. But it is embarrassing to me how little AM's administration seems to care about basketball. I think Reed Arena is one of the worst basketball facilities in the state behind Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, and Houston. Baylor opens up its new arena next year. The basketball player facilities at AM are good. But I wish we would renovate, I can't say that word, Rusty. That's why you're a writer. Renovate Reed. Buzz deserves it. I'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.